Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I am once again joined by the great Kate Majuk for some 2023 season in review discussion. Kate, it's conference championship week. We're one step closer to seeing the Lions win the Super Bowl. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm ready to see some high-quality football. The Ravens are rolling. The Chiefs somehow pulled it out of over the Bills. Like, this is going to be a fun and exciting game. Obviously, I think it is all of the country rooting for the Lions. It's got to be all of the country, right? Every single one of us it has to be right. It's it's yeah. more than just America's team at this point. They are. Yeah, yeah they're everyone's team. We I, I really want to see them win. Um, I don't know if they will. It's going to be a tough one. Um, well, I mean, we're going to do our playoff picks in, in a bit. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely be rooting for the Lions for sure. <laughs> Yeah, going to be fun one. We're going to continue on with our our season review here today. We're going to be talking about wide receivers, which is perfect timing because we're going to see plenty of good wide receiver play, hopefully here in this divisional round. So really, we just planned this absolutely perfectly. Yeah, works out nicely. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk some some wide receivers. We'll, we'll like I said, we'll do our playoff picks. Um, I, I got the bounce back week that that I needed to keep this thing close, so <laughs> should be fun for the final three games of the year. But yeah, main focus is going to be on those biggest surprises and disappointments at the wide receiver position. We talked about quarterbacks last week. We talked about running backs the week before, so people can check those out as well if you haven't. But today we're focusing on wide receivers. We have a nice list of players here who are pleasant surprises, and and then there's the those who let us down as well. So looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, before we do that, I do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. If you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make. And the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover it in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Kate, let's talk some wide receivers. And we got to start with our first pleasant surprise of the 2023 season. I feel like it's a very obvious one. It's a player that we've talked about a ton. We talked about him on the award show a bunch. Uh, it's Pukunakua of the Los Angeles Rams. I feel like he's going to be at the top of everyone's list. This is a guy that went undrafted, essentially, uh, th this offseason. Really, depending on how deep your league is, he still probably was undrafted, but finished as the PPR wide, re wide receiver five on the year. Um, pretty remarkable season for the fifth round rookie for the Rams. Um, what made Pukunakua, I guess, the, the top surprise for, for you this season? I mean, definitely has to be the waiver wire wonder of the year. I think that was the award that he won in our fantasy award show a, a few weeks back here. Over 1,500 scrimmage yards, uh, 1,575 scrimmage yards, six touchdowns had eight games of 100-plus receiving yards. It was the fourth-best fantasy season by a rookie in NFL history. He is the only wide receiver in history to be drafted round three or later and score 200-plus fantasy points and half PPR scoring. He crushed it. I mean, like, the man needs no introduction at this point. We know he crushed it. We know he saved. I mean, if you picked him up off the waiver, you were – you were golden uh, rest of season and you had yourself a league winner. I think the only question is because he's like a, he's a consensus surprise, right? And nobody, nobody saw him coming. Even in dynasty, he was being drafted rather late fourth, fifth round in dynasty rookie drafts. Um, but looking at Puka Nakua and looking at Cooper cup and projecting forward, which one let's assume you would have to draft them at the same exact point in your draft. Which one of these do you prefer on your fantasy team in 2024? Because it's pretty easy for me. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's still Puka Nakua. I mean, he kind of proved it and earned it this year, right? Like he obviously he had the big games when Cooper Cup was on injured reserve 
early in the year, right? The first four weeks of the season. So the question always going into week five and later was, what is he going to do when Cooper Cup is back in the lineup? And he continued to basically be the team's wide receiver one for the rest of the season, right? He he outshined uh, Cooper Cup on almost every week of the season. Um, so, I mean, Cooper Cup getting older as well. He's still very good. I, I don't want to, you know, diminish what, what Cooper Cup does on the field, but I just think the ascending talent of Puka Nakua and what he did in year one and then consistently remaining as that wide receiver one for most of the season, even with Cup in the lineup, I, I think it's Puka Nakua for me. Same. Easy. It's easy. Yeah. It has to be. I, I, yeah, I just think like, I mean, maybe Cooper cup, you know, has another year in him where he proves us wrong, but going to be 31 um, to start next season. So there it's, it's a little bit tougher to, to be productive at that point in your career, but not to say he can't do what we've seen, you know, players um, still be fantasy relevant and put up big numbers. But yeah, I just think as long as Pukunaku is healthy, he's kind of emerged and earned that spot as the top target in the Rams offense. So it's him for me as well. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, you, you covered everything that we, we need to. We've talked about Pukunakua a ton. There was obvious that he was going to be talked about again today. So let's talk about a player that we haven't talked all that much about um, so far this offseason, at least. And that's our first disappointing player of the season. We both have the same guy here. It is T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. He was drafted as the PPR wide receiver 14 heading into the year. Did not finish anywhere close to that. He finished as the PPR wide receiver 48. And look, injuries, I think they did play a part in, in his disappointing season, both to him and to, to Joe Burrow as well. But still worth noting that he appeared in 12 games through the first 17 weeks of the season, and he was only able to deliver four really kind of usable fantasy performances, right? Every other game other than that, he was pretty disappointing. His range of outcomes Varied wildly when he was in the lineup. Um, he had five weeks outside of the top 75 PPR wide receivers, which for a player drafted among the top 15 at his position is a level of variance that fantasy managers just did not sign up for, whether Joe Burrow was healthy or not, right? So his poor performance, especially coming in the final year of his rookie contract, kind of a surprise, currently on pace, you know, or he was on pace for career low numbers heading into uh, week 18, I believe it was, and 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 ended up finishing in that range. 656 receiving yards through the first 17 weeks, a 70.9 receiving grade. Target rate was about 18.7%. Yards per route run, 1.66. These are all like career lows for him. Um, he also matched a career high in, in regular season drops with six. He was just one of the most unreliable fantasy assets drafted, especially within the first 20 at his position. So T Higgins definitely making the list for me. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with T Higgins moving forward, especially considering the fact that he is in a contract year. Obviously there's been lots of conjecture that he'll head back to the Cincinnati Bengals obviously look at his performance the career low 3.5 catches per game career low 54.7 receiving yards per game the history of hamstring injuries he had a fractured rib missed a game. like it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with t higgins moving forward where he ends up whether it be with the cincinnati bengals or or somewhere else but there's no doubt that you look at where he was drafted i mean he was unplayable for pretty much the entirety of the season because it, you know, obviously had a couple of boom games that even, you know, maybe buoyed his fantasy value beyond what it really felt like it was on a week basis, but there was no week that you could plug him in and say, without a doubt, he was going to be a top 15 wide receiver. And I think that is the biggest killer, especially considering, you know, the talent of T Higgins, you know, the upside, I think, I think the health had a lot to do with the, the disappointments this year. So fingers crossed that we get a healthier T Higgins moving forward. And I'm going to hope that, you know, that this disappointing season for him didn't affect the bag that he definitely should earn this off season. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I feel like we'll look back on this season for T. Higgins and kind of see it as 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 an outlier for his career. I, I believe in the talent of T. Higgins. I think he's a very good wide receiver, but 2023, just not his year all around. So like you said, it's 
possible he sticks with the Bengals uh, after this, you know, or, or heading into this season. But if he doesn't, if he hits the open market, do you have a free, uh, like a favorite landing spot for T Higgins in free agency? It's gotta be the chiefs, right? I like, I, I know we have Rashi rice here, but obviously Rashi rice, he's got a, a pretty solid role there over the middle of the field as the slot receiver. They've got to get Patrick Mahomes, a bona fide wide receiver one that can play on the outside consistently. And I think that's T Higgins. That would be, I think the, the cherry on top of everything that would make all of these down weeks and, and frustrating games and frustrating drops uh, for the Patrick Mahomes wide receiver group, uh, AKA the Kansas City receiver group. But Pat, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes that felt the brunt more than anything here. I think he deserves himself a T Higgins. That would be nice. Yeah. Especially for T Higgins. Yeah. And for Patrick Mahomes as well. I love that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think there, there's going to be some wide receivers that the chiefs are, are going to potentially target this off season. T Higgins. I mean, would make a lot of sense as one of them. I, he might become the most hated man in Cincinnati if he goes from the Bengals <laughs> to the chiefs. Um, but yeah, I, I would obviously that would be a very exciting landing spot. I, I wrote up the like my ideal landing spots for free agency um, th this week and I put him on Jacksonville, um, reunited Ooh. with Trevor Lawrence, uh, that Clemson connection from, you know, 20, I think it was 2018 or 2019, 2020, something like that. Um, but yeah, got Calvin Ridley leaving potentially in free agency as well. I kind of like to see T Higgins and, and Trevor Lawrence for, for both of their sake as well. So that was one of them. I did put a wide receiver in, uh, in Kansas city as well. So, uh, for people listening, they could check that out on pff.com. Um, uh, let's talk about our other surprise wide receiver. This one, another one that, that we had the same, because it was again, a, a pretty obvious pick here to that that was a pleasant surprise um at the wide receiver position who was our next guy up on the list Kate it is wide receiver Nico Collins wide receiver for the Houston Texans who in half PPR formats finishes the wide receiver 12 overall wide receiver seven and fantasy points per game from an efficiency standpoint I mean he was a baller ranked second in yards per run third yards per target uh second in passer rating when targeted six and yards after the catch like this dude had a monstrous season like it it didn't matter whether you're an analytics person or a film person nico collins was the perfect blend of everything you needed and i think what is even more exciting about the season we saw from nico collins it was the third year breakout right uh that magical year for those wide receivers that maybe got off to a slower start uh, that breakout coordinate correlates with uh, you know the arrival of a really good quarterback who's there for the years to come. Things are looking up in Houston. And I mean, to see that kind of production, even when Tank Dell was on the field, you could see both of them producing stride and stride. I think Nico Collins is here to stay. He was awesome. Um, easily one of the biggest surprises and one of the more pleasant surprises of the year. He was a player drafted around PPR wide receiver 58 this offseason. So really late was listed as a, a sleeper multiple times um, th this offseason, uh, at least from from PFF here. And I mean, I was higher on him, like like 13 or 14 spots higher than consensus. But I did not see this year coming. This was a, a massive breakout um, finished, like like you said, uh, up there uh, among the best in the league at the position and. and yeah, I mean, you look at this entire Texans passing attack, really, I think is is the reason that he was such a surprise. And this offense was a surprise. Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, we talked about him last week. Um, you know, guys like Tank Dell and Dalton Schultz, even Noah Brown was fantasy relevant throughout the year. So there was a lot of surprises coming out of Houston in a, in a positive way. And, and Tank Dell or Nico Collins definitely uh, basically benefited from that in a big way. So love to see what, what he was able to provide this season. I, I think it's safe to say that he's no longer going to be drafted outside of the top 50 wide receivers next year um, after this breakout performance. So really nice stuff from, from Nico Collins. And yeah, just like you said, that year three breakout, he, he slowly progressed, um, you know, over his first year to his second year, and then just a big boom year here in, in year three. So love to see that and excited to see what him and this Texans offense can, can do going forward. Um, 
All right, let's talk about some disappointments here. We got a couple different names, and the first name that I put, well, I guess the second name after T. Higgins, was Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. And it's not necessarily a player that was drafted overly high. He was about wide receiver 29 in ADP, but he was still finished well below expectations, even, even considering um, that he was drafted outside of the top 24 at his position. Finished as PPR wide receiver 53. Um, List again listed as a former or not listed, but he was a former 15th overall pick in 2020. They Broncos even went as far as to exercise Judy's fifth year option heading into the season. Still, again, underperformed in a big way, drafted as the 29th wide receiver. Like I said, we thought at least that he would have some wide receiver two upside, potentially even wide receiver one upside on any given week, considering his talent, but. And even the team's investment in him and, and the Broncos offense as a whole kind of looking to bounce back under under Sean Payton. But Judy's upside just never came to fruition in 2023 and, and not even once, really. He never finished among the top 24 PPR wide receivers on a given week and, and even went as far as to finish outside of the top 40 PPR wide receivers in nine of his 15 games this season, scored just one touchdown all year, averaged 8.3 PPR points per game, which was 60th among wide receivers for what turned out to be just an abysmal season for, for a former first overall first round pick. It was an abysmal season. Like you said, it doesn't necessarily, the, the disappointment I don't think stems from the fact that, you know, there was a lot of draft capital invested in Jerry Judy. It definitely comes down to the expectations that he might be able to overcome all of these kind of disappointments that we've seen, you know, speckle his career so far. And you saw improved quarterback play. I think it felt like everything was going to be trending in the right direction. And it, it just didn't, it didn't pan out. And to be fair, I mean, Jerry Judy, he doesn't look like the wide receiver that maybe you thought he was coming out as a prospect. And my God, Cortland Sutton, like it, you kind of understand why Russell Wilson went to Cortland Sutton play in and play out because for as many, you know, inconsistencies as Cortland Sutton has maybe shown throughout the season, he made some absolutely jaw dropping catches and you didn't you didn't see as many of those sparks from Jerry Judy. So I understand the disappointment because I had him listed as a sleeper in plenty of my offseason work. It seemed like the data could trend uh, in, in a positive direction for him, but it just did not come to fruition. And that seems to be the story of Jerry Judy's career this far. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely disappointing. You'd think he'd at least give us a, a one top twenty four PPR wide receiver performance uh, on a, on any given week, but that just didn't happen. He was a disappointment all year long, and yeah, he, he's uh, it'll be interesting to see now what happens because uh, he'll be slated to hit free agency as well. But uh, not high hopes here after this past season being such a disappointment. How about another player that disappointed you um, this season, Kate? Who do you have as your second pick here for a uh, disappointing wide receiver? I might sound like a brat for this one, but I'm going to talk <laughs> about the overall wide receiver nine on the season. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, who through the first six weeks of the season basically scored all of his fantasy points, by the way. He yeah. was on a 17-game pace for 139 receptions. 1,757 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns. Okay. But man disappeared mid season from week six on. So week six was his last 100 plus receiving yard game from that point on week seven onward. He averages the wide receiver 39 and fantasy points per game, despite being tied for the 11th most targets from that point on 9.7 yards per reception average finishes the wide receiver 45 or lower in six of eight games to close out the season. Didn't have a single top 12 finish from week 10 on. So like, yes, while he carried you maybe through the first six weeks of your season, he demolished you in the second half. And Stefan Diggs, because of where you drafted him, because of the name value, because of the upside, he is a guy that you continued to probably leave in your lineup week in and week out. And he didn't, he, he hurt you in the fantasy playoffs. He, he hurt you big. And, you know, I, 
I keep going back and I'm kind of struggling to figure out what went wrong in the second half. Uh, if he wasn't fully healthy and there were some concerns maybe at, at that point onward, but something wasn't right. And my fantasy teams, they, they paid dearly for it despite the end of season finish. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I He was definitely somebody that just continued to start, right? Because he had that potential for that weak winning upside that we saw early in the year and like you said it just didn't happen week in and week out it was a, it was a disappointment from you know the latter half of the season and and you know I pulled the numbers from weeks 10 to, to 17 as well similar to what exactly what you were saying he was PPR wide receiver 48 over that span um that's like Gabe Davis territory okay so that just not <laughs> what we expect from from Stefan Diggs I know you know Joe Brady came in in week 11 I believe it was and kind of changed the offense a little bit but you think we'd still get more out of the team's top wide receiver, especially with that offense. And it just didn't happen. So well, another player that it's going to be interesting to kind of project going forward here again, as he gets into the, the latter stages of his career and, you know, sticking on this Buffalo offense, it just didn't seem to be as big of a part. I mean, I, I again, still a believer in the talent and Stefan Diggs himself, but the last half of this season was not encouraging. That's for sure. It was definitely, definitely not encouraging. Yeah, yeah, it was a bummer. And like you said, just crushed some fantasy lineups because you just you you can't bench him because of the, the uh -uh. potential there. And it just it just never happened. So disappointing season for Stefan Diggs for sure. Um, all right, let's take a quick ad break here from our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So, Kate, do you have a favorite prop for this weekend's conference championship games? Oh, yeah. I'm smashing Brandon Ayuk over 79 and a half receiving yards. Now, Brandon Ayuk, they're playing at home. When you look at his home road splits, it, I mean, for this entire 49ers offense, uh, pretty significant. But he leads the team in receiving yards per game at home, uh, 95 and a half uh, or sorry, 95.9 receiving yards per game at home. You look at Debo Samuel, who I, I think it sounds like they're optimistic might play, but I do think they're going to lean pretty heavily here on Brandon Ayuk. And I, I like the opportunity here up against this, you know, Lions defense. I think that their greatest weakness is going to be through the air. They're going to need a lot of Brandon Ayuk in this game. Yeah, I, I like that one. I'm with you. Um, for me, I went with Travis Kelsey over five and a half receptions. So Kelsey, it looks to be, you know, back being a focal point of the offense again here in the playoffs, 16 targets, almost 150 receiving yards, two touchdowns over these first two games here um, in, in the playoffs. Obviously, the two touchdowns came in one game, but the 16 targets, a lot of those came in the first game. So I, I think Mahomes is going to continue to pepper him with targets. It's going to be a tight game where, where a lot of the receiving weapons aren't necessarily going to be overly helpful against a stout Ravens defense uh, outside of Rashi Rice and, and Travis Kelsey. So I think Mahomes going to be looking for him. He's going to need him. So I, I feel like seven, six catches is, is happening here for, for Travis Kelsey. Um, but yeah, download the DraftKings Sportsbook now with code PFF. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for, for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's talk about some more pleasant surprises at the wide receiver position. And my next person on the list, giving some love to the old dudes, it is Adam Thielen of the Carolina Panthers, who was drafted as about wide receiver 50 in PPR this year and finished as the PPR wide receiver 15. So he's, again, the oldest player on this on this list of that we're going to talk about today. One of the oldest active wide receivers in the NFL, but not only outperformed off-season expectations by finishing as that PPR wide receiver 15, but he was also 
the only 33-year-old or older player to rank among the top 125 fantasy scorers at his position. You got potential future Hall of Famer Julio Jones finishing as the PPR wide receiver 129. So just again, how much of an outlier really that the Thielen was in today's NFL was the thing that surprised me the most. Um, consistently outperformed expectations, you know, throughout, throughout his career, really coming into the league as an undrafted free agent out of Minnesota State in like 2013. He hung around that Viking roster for a long time and then led the team in receiving yards from like 2016 to 2018 he was awesome continuing to be like this high volume target earner in the seasons that followed but pretty clear i felt like that the you know Thielen's best years were behind him which you know allowed the vikings to release him this past offseason but eventually signing on with the carolina panthers and proving that he's still capable of being a top wide receiver in the nfl delivered his first 1000 yard season since 2018 even finished with more receiving yards than any Vikings player in 2023, um, which is something that nobody saw coming as the, again, the 50th wide receiver drafted this offseason. So I feel like Adam Thielen definitely makes the, the pleasant surprise list uh, for me this year. Yeah, Thielen was definitely, uh, he started making his way onto a couple of my sleeper lists as we inched further towards the season because it seemed so likely that there had to be a monstrous workload disappointing to see it, you know, taper off a little mm -hmm. bit, but honestly, I think that was kind of the story of the Panthers offense in general. It just kind of, not that it was ever good, but, uh, you know, they were getting Adam Thielen the ball and, and that was what kind of mattered for fantasy. Cause they were, uh, there weren't any other fantasy relevant assets that you were kind of counting on there. So definitely disappointing to see it taper off there, but I mean, to come out of the absolute woodwork and produce for fantasy the way that he was, despite these offensive struggles, was absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah it was nice to see for sure. I don't know if it'll continue beyond this year. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, definitely a positive sign in the Carolina offense that was really struggling for uh, a lot of fantasy production. So let's talk about another pleasant surprise of the season. Who was your next pick up on uh, the wide receiver list here? I want to talk about DJ Moore, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, obviously, or a uh, former wide receiver former. <laughs> for the Carolina Panthers. Now with the Chicago Bears in his first season with the Chicago Bears finish as the wide receiver six on the year, fourth career start with uh, over 1,100 receiving yards, finished the year with career high marks, uh, 96 receptions, 1,364 receiving yards, nine total touchdowns. Now, obviously, there were a lot of ups and downs here for DJ Moore. So he wasn't necessarily a guy that you put in your lineup and you maybe felt quite as safe. I mean, you know, throughout the year in, you know, you looked at kind of the the ups and downs, a lot of those correlated with the either, you know, presence or absence of Justin Fields um, had uh, 10 or fewer PPR points in five of 17 games this year. But I think what was the biggest surprise for me was that I knew I knew DJ Moore was good. I knew with a quarterback like Justin Fields it, it being the focal point of his passing game, he had some upside. I didn't realize that he had like 49 PPR point kind of upside. Remember that week, back in week five, 10 targets, eight receptions, 230 receiving yards, three touchdowns. I didn't know he had that dog in him. And he did. And I like I, I was just so pleasantly surprised by that. Had 22 or more fantasy points in full PPR formats in six of 17 games this year. Um, and, you know, it, like I said, a lot of that, you know, the the ups and downs had to do with Justin Fields starting at 15 or more fantasy points in seven of 13 games with Justin Fields starting. I just I knew he was good. I didn't expect a top 10 fantasy finish in his first year in this offense. Yeah, it was just like a really nice fit, right? And we talked about this a few times in the offseason about DJ Moore providing that kind of yards after catch ability for Justin Fields, which he just hasn't had uh, and especially didn't have last year uh, with that wide receiver core. And he delivered in a big way and he absolutely um, was able to provide exactly what we were kind of hoping for. But like you said, I mean, we knew there was upside. We knew he was good, but this was definitely a huge season for him. Still finishing as that PPR wide receiver six, even with games uh, of Tyson Badgett at quarterback. So really nice uh, season for DJ Moore as a whole. Definitely like him being on this list. Um, 
Let's go back to some disappointments now. And I want to start with Jahan Dotson of the Washington Commanders. Again, not drafted overly high, wide receiver 35, but where he finished, PPR wide receiver 54 after a really promising rookie campaign too, right? He scored seven touchdowns in 12 games, had a strong stretch to close out the year with like 344 yards and three touchdowns in the final five games of 2022. I think there were many expecting a breakout season from him from the 2022 first round pick. And I was definitely one of those people that expected a breakout season from Jahan Dotson. His ADP within that wide receiver three range felt like a pretty great spot to potentially buy low on an emerging star. And what's crazy is I think if, you know, fantasy managers knew that Sam Howell was going to lead the NFL in dropbacks and throw for nearly 4,000 yards and that Jahan Dotson was going to play in every single game this season. I, I think there's no doubt that his ADP would have been even higher as, as we'd all assume that, you know, as a sophomore first round pick that he would have been productive by default. But unfortunately this is not how things worked out for Dotson in 2023 significantly less impactful than his rookie year, despite seeing the increase in playing time as well, saw a lower target rate, was just significantly less efficient this season before ultimately finishing as that wide receiver 54, wide receiver 68 in points per game. Um, we saw his, he, he ran the fourth most routes this season uh, through the first 17 weeks of the year, 604. But his yards per route run, 0.83 was 92nd. His target rate, 12.6, was 95th. Fantasy points per game, like I said, 7.6 at wide receiver 68. So all of those are a drop off from his rookie year too, where he only saw the 63rd most uh, routes run in the NFL. So it was a down year for Jahan Dotson. Hopefully, again, you know, he's able to get back on track to closer to what we saw as a rookie and, and develop. But uh, yeah, 2023, definitely a disappointment for him. Definitely a huge disappointment. I mean, I, I think particularly just adding insult to injury, like is the fact that Sam Howell had 750 dropbacks. And if you told me before this season that Sam Howell would lead the league in dropbacks and, you know, lead the league in pass attempts, it would throw for 4,000 passing yards. I like, I would have told you, okay, Jahan Dotson, probably a top 20 wide receiver. And yeah. to see it, to see all those factors come to fruition and for Jahan Dotson not to be fantasy relevant, man, it stinks. Yeah. It's a, it's a bummer for sure. It, uh, it definitely hurts. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is what happens in fantasy football. We, we, there's a lot of players that <laughs> are pleasant surprises and those that let us down in a big way. So how about another one, Kate, that let you down, um, this season? Who was it? Drake London. I, I know I, everybody ring out Drake London, Atlanta Falcons <laughs> wide receiver. This is a wide receiver 37 this year, ranked 44th in fantasy points per route run 42nd in yards per target 45th in yards per reception. Notably, 79th among wide receiver in, in target accuracy. So that probably had a little bit to do with it. But for the skill that Drake London has, for the size, for the way that he moves at his size, like there probably isn't a bigger mismatch in terms of talent and production in my brain right now in the league than Drake London. And that goes both for production on the field and for fantasy. Drake London. I, I thought coming out had wide receiver, you know, top 15 wide receiver potential coming out of the gate. Um, you know, my bold prediction for his rookie season was that we might see like a, a 10 plus receiving touchdown year. It, we see glimpses of it and it just hasn't come to fruition. I do think if they find an answer at the quarterback position, that might that might be just the thing that unlocks Drake London because I still do firmly believe in the evaluation of him as a prospect. I, I still think, you know, for where he was drafted in real life, uh, what eighth overall, that was an appropriate draft spot for the kind of upside and talent he has. He needs a quarterback to get him the ball. And I do think once, once we see a quarterback in Atlanta that can throw an accurate pass, we're definitely going to see Drake London's fantasy numbers improve dramatically. And that 10 touchdown season, I, it, it could be on the way. 
I hope so. And look, I mean, like you said, the, the quarterback issue it was huge. It, 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 it led to a lot of fantasy disappointment within that offense, but so did the coaching staff. And, and look, phase one of improving the fantasy value of the Atlanta Falcons offense has already been complete. Arthur Smith is no longer with the team. Phase two is bringing in a quarterback, right? So again, I, I wrote the my favorite free agent landing spots um, for, for fantasy purposes this week. And Kirk Cousins was my pick for the yes. Atlanta Falcons, right? Because everything's in place for him in that offense. And, and you look at Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan Robinson, the options to throw to are plentiful for, for somebody like Kirk Cousins to kind of come in and get that offense going and be one of the better offenses in the league. So that's all that's missing. We need Drake London. We need Kyle Pitts. We need Bijan Robinson to be the the fantasy stars that we know they can be. And I think that you know, again, the coaching staff uh, problem has hopefully been solved, and now we can f- potentially solve the quarterback issue as well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this off season. But yeah, would like to be uh, obviously a better quarterback uh, option there for the Falcons for Drake London to succeed. But um, yeah, I'm with you. This year was definitely disappointing in that sense. Um, yeah. As far as more surprise wide receivers, I put Rashi Rice of the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is a guy obviously we loved this season. We talked about him a ton, but considering that, again, seventh wide receiver drafted in the 2023 NFL draft, 68th wide receiver drafted in terms of like 2023 offseason ADP for fantasy, there were reasons, I think, for his lower value coming into the year, right? Chiefs had a crowded depth chart. They had a tendency to deploy a heavy rotation at the position. And these concerns definitely were an issue, at least for the early part of the year, where uh, there was still a lot to like about Rice's talent and fit in the offense to the point where he he was considered at least a favorite by me and and others to emerge from the Chiefs wide receiver core and make an impact here in year one as their top receiving option. It just took a really long time to get there. Um, Even though for a lot of us, it was obvious after week one that he was the best option uh, in the Chiefs offense. But again, just consistently proving to be that top wide receiver for Kansas City, uh, despite the team not fully unleashing him as a regular part of the offense until like week 11, where he saw a season high 10 targets, 67% snap share, and that he then he continued to kind of improve on that on the weeks to come. So considering that he finished as the PPR wide receiver uh, 21 from for, for the year, but from week 11 on is when he truly became a regular part of the offense. Um, and that's when he finished as PPR wide receiver nine over that stretch. Um, that's where he really exceeded uh, expectations for me. And yeah, nice to see the chiefs finally give him the the opportunity that we've been hoping for. It just took a really long time to get there and he still finished as a top 24 wide receiver. So love to see that from Rashi Rice. He, he was a surprise for me. I would have put him on my surprise list, but I kind of called it. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, like I knew Rashi Rice had it in him the whole time. And I mean, I like coming out, I just thought, you know, one of Rashi Rice's greatest skills were uh, some of his, his ability to improvise and, and, befriend the quarterback and you know that plenty of times the play breaks down and what Patrick Mahomes' strength is is figuring out and finding a hero and I I, it just felt like this match made in heaven so I wasn't surprised so I decided to go with a different second round uh, rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed who finished overall wide receiver 25 but he started the year pretty slow but following the weeks or the week six bye From week seven onward, Reed ranked as the overall wide receiver 12 in fantasy points per game, despite being ranked 31st in targets in that span among wide receivers. Uh, He ranked 19th in catches, 7th in touchdowns, was just incredibly efficient coming out of the gate. And obviously what he accomplished, you know, the Dontavian Wicks, like all of these pass catchers in Green Bay, helped bring Jordan Love to relevance, but Jane Reed ranked top 25 in yards after the catch per reception, top 25 in yards per route run, top 15 in passer rating when targeted. But I don't want this just to be a Jaden Reed thing because I want to just shout out like Dontavian Wicks. Also, absolutely incredible. Maybe the more appropriate uh, segment here or like title for the segment for me would be Green Bay Packers rookie wide receivers because they blew it out of the water in terms of their efficiency. And 
I guess Dontavian Wicks in particular, being the later draft pick, you've got to be very encouraged with what you saw in year one, um, especially without Christian Watson in the lineup consistently to kind of deter some of that big play coverage. Like these wide receivers killed it. They were awesome. And not just the Packers rookie wide receivers, but the rookie tight ends as well. I, I thought mm-hmm. Joe had a promise too, right? Tucker Craft and, and Luke Musgrave when he was healthy looked good. So and then, yeah, Jordan Love in year one. We talked about him last week in our, our surprise quarterbacks episode. It was just an amazing year for a lot of these first-year starters here for the Packers. And, yeah, Jaden Reed, definitely uh, the best of the bunch, I think, as well. So um, definitely like him making the list. So let's keep the trend of uh, rookie wide receiver talk going here because I got to go to a disappointing wide receiver, and that's Quinston Johnston of the Los Angeles Chargers. And not that his expectations were too high coming into the year, considering the depth chart there, but I think even putting that into consideration, he still kind of fell short of well short of what fantasy managers were expecting to see from uh, a wide receiver, the second wide receiver taken in the 2023 NFL draft, right? He was drafted as the wide receiver 49. So again, not high expectations, but finished as the PPR wide receiver 74. So I guess just putting it into perspective, right? You look at a player that was drafted to a seemingly great offense with Justin Herbert at the helm. And, you know, obviously not expecting him to overtake Keenan Allen or Mike Williams on the depth chart in year one. He did at least get that opportunity as both players dealt with injuries and and missed time this season. And while he seemed like he was going to be the next man up on the depth chart, he still couldn't crack more than five targets in a game and never once finished inside the top 24 PPR wide receivers on a given week. So you compare him with uh, the first wide receiver taken in the 2023 NFL draft, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who did crack the top 24 PPR wide receivers three times, finished as the PPR wide receiver 45, and did so with two wide receivers ahead of him on the depth chart, missing just a combined two games on the year, right? So comparatively, you look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, his 19th, 19% target rate was 49th. Um, again, considering his spot on the depth chart to Johnston, who had 13.7% target rate was 85th and in a similar spot on the depth chart as well, with just much more opportunity to step up when you look at the injuries to the Chargers um, receiving weapons. It just makes his rookie season, I think, all the more disappointing. So this one may be more of a dynasty uh, take for me, but I think, you know, for dynasty managers, especially this was far from the start to Johnston's career that I think many were hoping to see, even when considering tempered expectations for his rookie year very fair and our last name on the list going from the rookie wide receivers to a player that was did have high expectations uh in year one drafted as the wide receiver 11 on the year kate who did you have as your disappointing pick here not just drafted as a wide receiver 11 like he was drafted you know overall in the top two rounds which is absolutely maddening. Jalen Waddle, Miami Dolphins wide receiver. Obviously, nobody expected him to outscore Tyree Kill. But I think there was a lot of, of belief that this was going to be a much more productive offense in the passing game. It turns out the Miami Dolphins just came out and ran all over the NFL. Finish as the wide receiver 34, 14.2 fantasy points per game. He missed three games to Justin Jefferson's seven and Justin Jefferson still outscored him, (laughs) still outscored him two games with 20 or more fantasy points this season. He finished as a top 12 wide receiver just twice all year long. Uh, It, it just, the ceiling, I, I don't think was nearly as high as anybody expected. He did have one top five finish this year, which, okay, but Outside of that, there wasn't a lot of reliability, even when he was on the field, uh, when he was healthy, it felt like there was a lot of on and off, right? Like he always kind of got nicked up in games, even if, uh, he ended up coming back. He wasn't, you know, it, it never felt like he was fully available, never felt like he was fully healthy. Um, and I, I do think that from where he was drafted, you know, did not pay off. Cause I think when you were drafting him there, you were hoping for a much higher upside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was one of those people, like one of my like hotter takes the, the, this off season was that there was at least a chance that he could outperform Tyreek Hill. Right. And Woo! you look at just because Tyreek Hill was getting older, right. He had a lot of like, just 
incredibly high production in, in 2022 that, you know, again, as a player getting older, wasn't necessarily sustainable. Obviously he proved that wrong. He was amazing this year, but there was at least reason to believe that Jalen Waddle, you know, heading into year three could overcome, you know, the, the, the targets and overtake the targets here in, in Miami, just as a younger player and, and, you know, Tyreek Hill potentially losing a step. It just didn't happen. And, and yeah, for that reason, he's absolutely been a disappointment um, this season. So again, hopefully again, still young and, and an ascending wide receiver in the league, but needs to stay healthy and needs to get more consistent. And maybe one day he'll, he'll overtake Tyreek Hill. I just don't know when it's going to be at this point because <laughs> Tyreek Hill still uh, amazing at what he does. So um, yeah, I like that call, but that's going to do it for our positive and, and negative wide receiver surprises for the 2023 season. So let us know in, in the YouTube comments who made your list. Did we miss anyone? Um, do you agree, disagree with any? Did you see Puka Nakua wide receiver one season coming? Um, let us know. Anyways, um, yeah, let's wrap up things here with our playoff picks. We're heading into the conference championship games this Sunday. It's Lions, Niners, Chiefs, Ravens. For a chance to go to the Super Bowl, these uh, should be some fun games. And Kate, our picks are now at least a bit closer uh, as we're heading into Championship Sunday. I went 4-0 last week after an abysmal wildcard weekend. So I'm at least within one game back of you now based on our picks last week. Um, But not feeling great about mine uh, after seeing who you picked. But let's get into it. Starting with the Lions and the 49ers. Who do you have getting the win in this one? I'm taking the 49ers and the edge here comes from the home field advantage, which obviously we saw the lions to this point in the postseason have and enjoy that home field advantage. We know this lions team plays so much better at home and the 49ers, man, that is a really, really challenging place to play. Now I do think the 49ers, they have a, you know, the slate edge on defense. Obviously these are both very, uh, two very powerful offenses, but the home field advantage, I think, is just the kicker for me. We saw a, a 49ers game where this team did not uh, look much flatter than we expected last week. Obviously, Debo Samuel left the game, and and I feel like that just kind of deflated this entire team. Uh, but I still think that even with the way that they played against this Packers team, as, as close as the Packers kept it, I still think that the 49ers have a little bit something extra to give and I'm not trusting road Jared Goff as much as I'm rooting for him. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for sure to, to overcome the the 49ers, especially at home. They got the home field advantage, but you know what the lions have that the 49ers don't have it's hashtag grit, right? That's, yeah. been <laughs> that's been their whole thing. I am going with the Detroit lions to pull off the upset on the road. It's, I'm buying into the Detroit versus everybody uh, storyline here. Kate, you are now part of the everybody going against the Lions here. Uh, But yeah, it's obviously this is an underdog pick here. I am rooting for the Lions. And I also got to make up a little bit of ground here on our pick. So I had to pick somebody (laughs) different. I went with the Detroit Lions. I I think they can do it. I I would not be shocked to see them beat the 49ers, but I I do obviously believe that that will be an upset if they do it. Um, 49ers are seven point favorites here at home. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the lions. Um, And then our other game this week uh, is the chiefs and the Ravens. It's in Baltimore. We saw Patrick Mahomes pick up his first uh, road win of his career in the playoffs uh, this past week against Buffalo. Do you think he can do it again here in Baltimore? No, uh, I'm actually <laughs> going to take the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl, despite the fact that the Steelers and me, the Steelers fan in me, it, it absolutely kills me to say, but I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, like, let's just be real. They have the best of both worlds on both offense and defense. While the Chiefs have found some extraordinary support that I don't think anybody projected from this defense, the the Ravens defense is that much better. And you know what's mm-hmm. really, really, really better than the Chiefs? The Ravens offense. Like they they have the edge in both of those categories. They have the home field advantage. And I mean, you just look at what they've done against some of the most competitive teams in the league right now, like Detroit lions. uh, They won that game 38 to six. 
Um, how about, uh, you know, the LA Rams, uh, you know, obviously they kept that in a shootout, but, uh, dropped 37 points on the LA Rams, uh, you know, 33 to 19 over the San Francisco 49ers, 56 to 19 over the Miami dolphins. Like this is a team that is steamrolling literally all opponents. And for as much, uh, you know, excitement as maybe the, the chiefs found, you know, in last week, I just, I'm not a believer that Patrick Mahomes and a newly revitalized Travis Kelsey are enough to overcome this Ravens team. Yeah, I, I do believe that your two picks here, 49ers Ravens probably make the most sense, I think for the Super Bowl. But again, I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes again. I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs to pull off contrarian the upset here. I know this is what, this is what I got to do to to make up um, to make up ground here in the picks. Otherwise, I'm just going to get crushed. But I, this one, I actually could see the Kansas City Chiefs uh, winning. I, I think that there's potential. I mean, like you said, you laid out all the reasons the Ravens are such a good team. They really, really are, and the Chiefs. They're looking like the Chiefs um, that that we've kind of expected them to be a little bit more. Obviously, Buffalo gave them a hard time. It wasn't a perfect game by by any means, but I think Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice, and, and that defense. I, I'm a big believer in the Kansas City defense. I think they just step up when they have to. They come up with the big plays when they need to. You got Andy Reid as the head coach. It's going to be a, a really great. I think just one of one of the better games we're going to see in, in in recent years here because it's such a good matchup. But. I, I I'm gonna go Kansas City. I, I don't I don't want Kansas City to win. Let's let's make that clear. I, I don't feel great about it. Nobody wants to see Kansas City win. Obviously, I, there's a lot of people rooting against them uh, and their their potential for a dynasty here, especially after winning the Super Bowl last year. But I just think they got the experience. They got Patrick Mahomes. I think they they're able to pull it off here on the road again against Baltimore. I look forward to seeing which of us take the crown heading into Super Bowl week. Because yeah. You got spicy, John. You got spicy, but it could just pull out. I got spicy, and that's what killed me in wildcard weekend. So obviously, I don't have uh, high hopes for myself to to get this right. But Lions Chiefs uh, in the Super Bowl is my pick here. And I mean, that's the way our season started in 2023. It would be pretty great if that's the way our season ended as Ooh. well. Also with a Lions win. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I think I do. I, I do think that 49ers Ravens, if I was betting money on this game, on these games, that's probably where I would go. But uh, for the sake of this um, little experiment here, I'm going to go with the Lions and the Chiefs and see how it works, because those are the teams that, uh, yeah, are, are needed for me to, to make up some ground in our picks. But anyways, <laughs> thank you all again for, for tuning in, for listening as we kind of continue this season and review content as we've been doing. And Next week, we got one more position group to look at as far as biggest surprises and disappointments go, and it is the tight end. So uh, looking forward to that one very much. And uh, Kate, thank you again for coming on, knocking out this episode with me. Always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Before you go, please uh, remind everybody where they could find more of you and your work as well. Yeah, give me a follow at Kate Majuk on Twitter. That's Kate, M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. Um posting you know off-season content behind the steel curtain pro football focus so uh yeah give me a follow and and i'll be tweeting out my work as it rolls through awesome sounds good yes definitely do that and uh yeah everybody thank you again and enjoy championship weekend go lions and until next time peace out